Yeah, I feel like we should start just every podcast with like, what a week this has been. <laughs> I know, but particularly uh, uh, this week. Particularly this week, like. yes. <laughs> Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy Welcome back to it, everybody. We are here to hopefully take your mind off everything that's going on and just focus on something uh, distracting and fun, um, like movies and TV shows. <laughs> so this week we are talking about the new-ish HBO film, uh, Bad Education. When, when did this this film came out? Um, over a month ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're a little late to the game. A little bit. I think this is kind of a ch- our chance to kind of catch up on some of the stuff that we've missed. Uh, obviously, not a lot has come out in 2020 in general. And so this is a time, I think, that we can kind of start to to look at some of the things that we, we might have missed um, while we were going through our Ryan Johnson series. Uh, but before we get into that, let's introduce ourselves and answer the question... Master back in. So what's your favorite movie, Mask? I'm Sandra Omstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to say the obvious answer, and I'm going to say The Mask from The Mask of starring Jim Carrey. <laughs> that movie was very, in for better or worse, very formative. For oh, yeah? <laughs> um, we watched it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. We, my brother and I watched the movie a lot. Oh, I don't remember much from it, but I distinctly remember Cameron Diaz. <laughs> and so, um, and like, what a breakout star she was in that movie. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to nice. say. Uh, I'm Lucas Wright, a designer in Chicago, and my I would say my favorite mask is a little unconventional and not a very protective mask, but the face coverings that they wear in Portrait of a Lady on Fire are definitely definitely my top Ooh. mask. <laughs> yeah. Love them. Yeah. I was racking my brain for a like a a face covering like that that like a woman wears and i couldn't p- think mm. of one so i'm glad that you did yeah they feel more fashion oriented than functional um but sure. uh they look great <laughs> except in in that movie very functional uh, like they're not wearing it for fashion they're wearing it because they're they live on an island with lots of wind yeah, i don't know how much the mask helps with the wind <laughs> especially the the very well, like sheer the porous masks like wind. those i what? think sand and wind mm, i guess that's true yeah that makes sense. So very, very functional. Like it isn't how sheer it is if if you're trying to block sand. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've dug into the secrets of exactly how those masks work, um, right. let's let's dig into uh, what we're feeling this week. Sandra, what are you feeling this week? Okay, so speaking of going back and and catching up on things. This week, I'm feeling the first season of Search Party. So, in case you're unfamiliar, Search Party is a show that started airing a few years ago on TBS. And it stars Alia Shawkat and John Early um, and some other people whose names I don't know. And it's about... Alia Shawkat is the star of the show and it's about a... Young woman who's living in New York who ha- is li- leading a very aimless life and she feels very unsettled and aimless. And this 
acquaintance from college is goes missing. And so she decides to, like, kind of try to find this missing young woman um, as a way to, like, kind of give her life purpose. Um, and so it's partially a mystery where about finding a missing young woman, but it's also definitely a comedy about um, her friends and her social scene and making fun of kind of, like, narcissistic New York millennials. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is the kind of show, when I saw it came out and who was starring in it, I thought, like, oh, that is the perfect show for me. That's exactly what I want to watch. The only problem, really, is that it was on TBS. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't... How do I even watch anything <laughs> on TBS? I, I truly... It it was one of those things where it was a show that felt so out of place on the network it was on. Yeah. And I... You know, I sometimes have cable access, but I didn't... Um, but I don't watch cable, like, on my TV. I'll have to, like, download the app or whatever network it is. So if it's something like Bravo, where I'm watching tons of shows on that network, it makes sense for me to download that app. But something like TBS, where it's like, oh, this one show that I've never actually seen, but I've just heard buzz about, it's hard for me to, like, make that move, you know, and commit to that. Anyway, all that to say is that recently, now that HBO Max has just become a new streaming service, Search Party has now moved to HBO Max. They've put the first two seasons on HBO Max to watch, and seasons three and four are going to be HBO Max original series. Um, So HBO is the exact kind of platform that this show felt like it was meant to be on. And now that it was and easier for me to access, um, I dug in and really loved it. If you like the humor of girls, then you'll really appreciate Search Party um, because it's it's making fun of a very similar type of person. And um, if you like sort of a, a whodunit um, with a quirky sensibility, then I think you'll also really like Search Party. So I've only seen season one. I'm excited to start season two. Uh, John Early continues to be a shining, shining star. So... Yeah. Lucas, have you seen this show? Or are you familiar with it? I'm familiar with it, but I haven't seen it, mostly for the same reason of you, of like TBS. How how am I going to ever watch that? <laughs> so I'm excited that it's yeah. on HBO Max. I think that's definitely something that I'll I'll check out. Is it It's the perfect home for it. I was going to say is it chill? It feels like it, it like like it's it's a high intense uh, high intensity show, but something that is not high in intense to watch. That didn't make any sense. It doesn't feel like it's going no, no, to take a lot I think of energy. That make to sense. Watch. It definitely doesn't. Like I would say there are certain episodes that feel more intense, Mm -hmm. but as a whole, it's not. It's definitely not scary for the most part, if that's what you're concerned about. Um, Or, like, if anyone else is concerned about that. It's not scary. It's not that dark. You know, there's not, like, um, really dark, sad things happening to people. Um, But it, it creates, like kind of a faux tension of mysteries, you know, like where spooky things happen, they get resolved pretty easily. It's, I would say it's mostly a comedy. Okay, cool. That makes me feel better. (laughs) Yeah. It's mostly a comedy with like a slightly, very slightly eerie mystery undercurrent. Okay. 
Sounds good. I can yeah. handle that. <laughs> yeah, I think you definitely handle it. I think like as again, I've only seen the first season. The finale is the most intense episode because everything's kind of wrapping yeah. up. You yeah, know? that makes sense. Yeah. What are you feeling this week, Lucas? Um, so this week I am feeling uh, a Channel 4 TV show that has been on and off Netflix over the years. Um, and I've caught bits and episodes before, um, but this is the first time that we've really like sat down and gotten into it. But the show is Grand Designs. Um, it is one of those like home, uh, home building TV shows, but it's about usually couples who are wanting to build their dream home and they're extremely lavish um, a lot of times modern um, energy efficient homes and they're just kind of trying to build a a massive structure in usually the weirdest places and so sometimes it's they have a plot of land that's tiny and they're trying to figure out how to uh, you know build their gigantic home on this tiny plot of land or they want to refurbish a water tower or a castle or stuff like that um, the host is the host Kevin McLeod is very uh, skeptical all the time and so he's he's always asking kind of <laughs> very uh pointed questions this show's been on the air since 1999 so he's been doing this a long time and a lot of these people oh are uninterested in doing things the way that they've been done before um they're wanting kind of new new systems and new new you know uh, ways of doing things. And so some of them aren't even hiring architects. Some of them want to cut costs by hiring their friends as builders on certain things. And it's just, Ugh. I know, I know. <laughs> and yet they're building usually these like multi-million dollar homes. And so it's this ridiculous mix of people unsure exactly how to go about this and yet having a lot of money to kind of figure out how to do this the way they want it. And so you have very uh, ridiculous, I I want to say contestants, because they feel like contestants to me, but they're just people trying to build homes. Um, one of them hired their, um, their, their ex-husband as the architect, um, which is a crazy idea. One of them um, <laughs> wanted to um, um, build, have 18... 18 foot ceilings and they couldn't um they would they would have had to remove to, to to lower the foundation enough they would have had to spend sixty five thousand pounds i think um moving the sewer system and stuff like that where it's like they're gonna do that as opposed to lowering their ceilings an inch or two you know stuff like that and so it's it's very ridiculous it's very funny and the crazy thing is sometimes they don't get finished sometimes they actually fail and this is a tv show where you are actually on the edge of your seats because sometimes the episode ends with and they never finished this project <laughs> oh my gosh that's so hard. i know <laughs> and so and so that and so it truly is um you're you're waiting to see what actually happens because it's not like most tv shows where in the end you know they finish it and it's whether it's as good as you want it to be it's occasionally right. it won't actually get finished and the project fails yeah um so it's very exciting and fun to watch um it's very fun to make fun of all the all the participants um and some of the houses are actually amazing and really cool to see um right now season 10 and season 15 are available on netflix they've kind of swapped out different seasons um that are available over the years uh but that's what's there now i think also a couple no sorry season 12 and season 15 seasons 10 and 11 i think are available on amazon prime um it's not necessarily something that like you have to watch in order or in, in anything like that sure. it's just fun episodes so you can kind of bounce around um and so it's been fun to just kind of watch on you know a weeknight while we're just hanging out on the couch um it's a it's a really fun breeze 
Absolutely. That sounds right up my alley, especially because I've lately gotten very into, I wonder if you've watched any of these, the on YouTube, the Architectural Digest, like, tours yes. of celebrity homes. love those. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm obsessed with yeah. them. Who are some of your favorite celebrity homes that you've watched? Um, well, Dakota Johnson is one. Um, she, that one's that, really that good. video itself is really good, but also I love, I do love yes. her house. Like, I think, I think that is one that yeah. I was just like, this is actually someplace I would love. <laughs> How about you? Totally. Um, Dakota Johnson, it's high up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highlight of that video is when she <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> mentions that <laughs> this is a, she mentions this table that is out in her yard or like patio that she's like, no one really sits here because the ground's uneven, and so the table is uncomfortable to sit at, but it just looks so nice. And she goes, oh, and also this table was made from the wood from, um, oh, what's his name? The Prime Minister. I'm blanking oh on his I name. Too. <laughs> John Lithgow played yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. Thank you. Um, she yes. was like, this, this, this table was made from the wood of Winston Churchill's yacht. Yeah. <laughs> That is the kookiest, most celebrity, dumb, crazy thing I've ever heard. I love those because a lot of times they're kind of uncomfortable, like, walking you through their home. And, like, you can tell they're still, like, putting on a show and just kind of, like – trying to be you know casual about it but a lot of times they are just kind of like right. well this is this is my house and you're in my house right now <laughs> so yeah it's very fun i love it when like someone like dakota johnson is like she seems like also kind of annoyed about it yeah, at certain points yeah. like <laughs> why are you in my house and like being so nosy and it's like you invited them into yeah. your house to go to johnson for a, a tour um my favorites are also uh david harbour's new york apartment oh Um, yeah have you watched that one i have yeah it's great it's that is like i never want to live in new york but if i did that would be the dream (laughs) setting like his shelves and his plants everywhere he has this beautiful stove it's like it is so perfectly designed as in a new york apartment i think meg ryan's Um, new york apartment also is very like very meg ryan like it feels like something that you'd be like oh i haven't seen that one (laughs) wow like that's interesting that meg ryan did one because you don't see her do much no lately no yeah um the lift tyler new york apartment is also really nice because she's very kooky yes the kooky Um, people are very fun to see (laughs) right speaking of kooky people another one that is truly an amazing house because she has she has my aesthetic, which is maximalist, and just fill your house with tons of, like, crazy cool stuff, um, is Vita Dantis. Oh, is I haven't seen that name? one. No. Yeah. Um, you should check hers out. It's very cool. It, I mean, hers is, like, an elegant version of, like, the crazy old lady with tons of stuff in her house, yeah. you know? Because yeah. um, she just loves, like, weird antiques. Yeah. And so, like, her house is just filled with cool, elegant, but weird antiques. Lots of, like, cool taxidermy. Lots of, like, old um, burlesque memorabilia. Oh, my you know, gosh. Things like that. Yeah. It's That sounds it's really stressful cool. to me. <laughs> Have you seen Robert Downey Jr.'s Are Windmill you, I, House? No. He's very chill about it, but it's, it's a weird episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we'll add this to the list of things we're I, feeling this week. <laughs> architectural Digest. Yeah, we're we're, home we're, tours. we're a joint feeling. It is <laughs> yes, <laughs> Architectural Digest celebrity videos. 
Um, it's also interesting, though, to watch ones where to see the divide financially between who, okay, who has a designer and who doesn't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, for instance, big fan of him as a person, but Tan France from Queer Eye, mm-hmm. he did an architectural digest. And he clearly, like, designed it himself. Yeah. And it's obviously a much nicer house than what I can live in. <laughs> but compared to, like, celebrity homes right. that, like, were done by interior designers, mm-hmm. um, his is, like, way, like, levels below. Yeah. You know? And you can just tell, like, oh, this just looks like a rich person with okay taste. I mean, better taste than me, but, like, compared to, like, a designer. Right. Like, did their own house versus a beautifully expensively designed house. Yeah. So that's interesting yeah. to see the difference. You know, it is. See the, yeah. the quality levels jump. Definitely. Like the $10 million um, remodels versus the $1 million remodels. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it, like, it's yeah. just, like, when you look at those, they're not saying the cost of anything. No. But it's, like, oh, that coffee table <laughs> is thousands of dollars. You know what yeah. I mean? Like something I would spend fifty to a hundred dollars on, they're spending five to ten thousand dollars on. Yeah. And like that and you just everything's bumped up to the extreme. Yep. Yeah. But it's beautiful it's beautiful to look at well designed things. It is. All right. You ready to talk about bad education? Yes. Bad Education is the story of the largest public school embezzlement scandal in American history. Um, it stars Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney and Ray Romano and is directed by Corey Finley, who directed Thoroughbreds um, in 2018. That feels like 25 years ago. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, one of my favorite movies. Was it on one of your favorite? Was it? I know you liked it a lot. I just I don't, I don't know if it ended up in your top I don't top think 10. it made my top okay. 10. But I really yeah. love that movie. Yeah. Um, so very fun to see his. Um, I almost said second debut. It's not a second debut. Um, his second movie. Um, the sophomore, sophomore, <laughs> sophomore movie. Um, I think the the yeah. other interesting thing about it is it's written um, by Mike Mazowski. Mike Mikowski. I want to say Mike Wazowski from what is that? Monsters Inc. Mike <laughs> Mikowski, who yes. um, was a child at this school during this time. Um, which I oh, think. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to see kind of this uh, from that perspective. Um, it obviously follows the main characters. It isn't like actually like his perspective of this, but um, it's interesting to have a, a true life story told by someone who uh, lived it. So, <laughs> um, and, and and possibly knew some of the players. Yeah, definitely. He said like he. We'll get into this, but I was listening to an interview of his, and he said like he he knew the superintendent like he knew the Hugh Jackman character and had had conversations with him and everything like that and um he was in middle school at the time so like this didn't uh you know this wasn't close to home for him but it was all a big part of uh his school life during all of this sure um so overall this movie uh was I think at Sundance last year it got bought by HBO um and came out and I think this is probably the best situation that could happen for this movie is it it gets released at home because i feel like this is one of those movies that if it had been in 
like slotted for theaters right now, it kind of just would have been shelved. Um, and so having an HBO release or having an HBO release, I think is a, is a great vehicle for this. And overall, I really liked this movie. I think Corey Finley is a great director. Um, so I wasn't really worried about that at all. I just think like the way this story is told is really well done. Hugh Jackman and Alison Janney are, are obviously amazing. Um, and it's just a really, um, interesting look at something at an embezzlement scandal like this i really liked this movie also watching it i was so hooked on this story and the stories like this i'm fascinated by um there are so many things though when the movie was done that i was like i wish we he would have told it this way or i wish i would have gotten more of Mm. this and that's not so much because the movie wasn't good, but because I was so invested in this story that I wanted more, yeah. you know, yeah. um, there, there, there's a lot to uncover yeah. here. I feel like a lot of times we've like, there have been so many like true crime podcasts and books and stuff like that now where you do get just a ton of details and I haven't seen like a true crime movie in a while. Um, and this feels like a situation where it's like, I'm now used to getting a lot more details <laughs> about yeah. stuff like this. And so it's, it's, it's interesting to wrap it up in an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. So. I avoid true crime, um, entertainment. Yeah. And especially when it's a little bit more, um, you know, violent or, or dark. Yes. Something like this is so fascinating because obviously like crimes were very much committed, Um, and those crimes, like, should have been brought to justice. But also, like, it doesn't feel like tons of people were incredibly hurt. You know what I mean? Like, there's not, um, there wasn't, you know, other than, ideally, those monies would have been put back into the school, but... You know, no one died. No one like no violence. All (laughs) nonviolent crimes. All like (laughs) right. So like the so the those types of crime investigations are so interesting for me because like the stakes are lower. You know what I mean? I'm not like stressed out on the edge of my seat. Definitely, I totally feel you, and especially in this time period, I I need the low stress. (laughs) So um, right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I th- I do think it was a very interesting, and we'll obviously get into the spoilers of how this story was told and kind of, uh, it is a true story, but we're still not going to spoil kind of what happened until the spoiler section. But yeah, because I didn't know a single thing I about didn't this either. new story no, yeah. before watching this film. Right. Um, but the way they kind yeah. of do, there are a bunch of reveals kind of as you go through it, but they're not like ta-da reveals. They're more just kind of... Um, you slowly entering people's lives and start to learn more about them and stuff like that, um, which I think is a great way of doing this, of just starting to learn, who, you know, who's involved and kind of the level of involvement and the level of, you know, embezzlement, <laughs> um, I think is is very interesting. Um, I think Hugh Jackman is absolutely incredible in this role. Um, I absolutely love his performance. And I think Ray Romano is really good. <laughs> I, I mean, he's not in this movie much, but I Lucas, think he's so great. I I'm so I love Ray Romano so yeah. much. I like I, it's not particularly everybody loves Raymond yeah. era Ray yeah. Romano, which I I watch plenty of. It's fine, you know. I'm not saying it's bad, but late career Ray <laughs> Romano, every acting choice he makes, I am so into it, and it doesn't help 
it doesn't hurt that I find him very attractive. <laughs> Not so much in this movie, but like in general, I'm deeply attracted to Ray Romano. And so, um, yeah, I was, uh, he was great in this. Yeah. I think he brings a lot of, for some weird reason, a lot of like real realism to like his characters. Um, even though a lot yeah. of his characters are, um, over the top and funny and stuff like that. But even that, I think he, he knows where to find the actual, um, humanity of all of his characters. Um, yeah. and in this movie is particularly where he's not supposed to be the funny guy at all. He's, uh, you know, just a member of the school board and, um, and he really brings it. He really does. I'm very impressed with yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> I- on a side tangent, I do want to highly recommend his latest comedy special, which I think is on Netflix, um, is very, very good. And it's very interesting because it shows him hitting up three different, like, comedy bars in New York in one night. Um, and it's, like, filming him do those and doing, like, the same set at three different bars. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of like a real a look at, like, what a real comedian is. Yeah night is like versus like a um like well-produced theater stand-up special um it's good and he's great so side tangent check that out i added to the list of things we're feeling this week yeah Um. (laughs) totally um yeah so for me ray romano obviously i love always there's a lot of people in this cast who are like I think quietly doing a very good job because they're very good actors. But then the focus is obviously like on Hugh Jackman and like what a performance this is from him. Yeah. Um, before seeing this, I had heard so many critics say like maybe the best of his career, like this might be his like peak performance. And it's really hard to argue with that because he like fully this movie is very good but he is what makes the movie is the energy that he is bringing to this performance yeah 100% um i think this is <laughs> this is a movie that um you can't have a mediocre actor in this role um for a no. movie of this size um and getting Hugh Jackman I think is a huge huge win here and I I like this isn't something like everybody talks about like Logan is a career defining performance and um like uh, just his whole Wolverine career and everything like that and like post Wolverine it's very fun to see him actually get to do uh super interesting stuff with um with his acting talent because yeah. he's extremely talented and uh the yeah. older he gets I feel like the more he's getting to play actually interesting characters as opposed to just good-looking fun guys right also you know thinking about like comparing this to logan and maybe my bias against that movie (laughs) is showing but that the the work he did in logan that feels like a role that like i feel like a lot of different men in hollywood could and have played a version of that role in that character and given that performance you know what i mean like there's nothing like I feel like a lot of people could have done that, and this is a movie where uh, not that many people could pull off the exact intensity that he brings to this movie. the The level, the mixture of charm with um, vanity and viciousness and and friendliness, and there's so many things that this that he's bringing to this performance that I don't think. As many actors could pull off. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree with you. Sure. I think before we talk about spoilers, I would also just say that, like, 
as enamored as I was about, um, like, his performance and his story in this movie, um, this is a film, in case people are unaware, it's about, you know, embezzlement from a, from a school district, but it's also about how that embezzlement was uncovered by a high school student journalist. Yeah. Um, and and published in a high school student newspaper. That aspect of the film is what I was craving so much more content uh, from. I really adore movies about journalism. I Spotlight is one of my favorite films of the decade. I I think movies about journalists doing work are really really interesting and really really necessary mm-hmm. and I wish that this movie, in my dream version of this movie, it would have been a 50-50 split between his character and the journalist. Yeah. Um, and I wish that that storyline and that actress got a lot more to do in this film. Yeah. Um, I feel like so much nuance is given to all of his scenes and his character and his and building the life of that character in our, in the viewer's minds and very little nuance was put into building that student's inner life Mm -hmm. in our minds. Yeah. That felt very like by the book, let's get it in because we have to. Um, And so, yeah, I I wish that we could have been equally invested in her. I, I agree with you. I love the like the scenes of people doing actual journalist like journalism um, of, you know, calling, getting sources, like looking into things like all of those are just like catnip. Like it's so fun to Asking like. Questions. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, I think the reason that that is kind of sidelined in this movie is because it's not real. It's the part that's just kind of like um, like she's like an amalgamation of multiple actual like real um children journalists um and that they didn't do a ton of investigating to this was kind of dropped in their laps um and Mm. as as opposed to actually like finding a lot of this um which no like the the fact that they like put it together and still published it and everything like that i think is 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 great i just think it's less of an interesting story in real life from the journalist perspective because it's not one journalist yeah and it's not a lot of investigating um it was it was more of like an anonymous like drop off of like here's what's happening <laughs> please publish this yeah um and so oh that's interesting yeah okay yeah um and so that, that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah even though it makes for a less interesting story. It does. It does. Um, but I, I, that, yeah. that's why I can kind of see why, like, yeah, I can see why you kind of went by the book for the journalist thing, but it's right. true. I am sure. very interested in her in this movie. And I think, I think they give us a lot of, of her in the, uh, in the little time that we have, like her relationship with her father and having sure. her father kind of be a part of this. And, um, she doesn't get a lot of screen time and you know, that whole story is kind of sidelined, but it is great to see when she is on screen. I think she's a great actress. She's, I forget. Yeah her name but she's in blockers yes she I, um, i'm a big fan yeah, of her she's fantastic she was in something else i'm trying to remember that i saw recently she was in that did you i haven't seen it but she was in that movie um that apple plus put out mm, um, no <laughs> i have not seen that yeah i, do, I don't remember what it was called but, oh holla um, she was in that yeah, the skateboard and Movie. Yes, yes, that's what it was. Yeah. And then what was the other one she was in recently? She's been in a lot. Yeah. She's like she's I would say pretty up and coming. Yeah. Um yeah, I think we're 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 going to see a lot from her. 
Geraldine Viswanathan? Yes. Oh, she was in uh yeah, I don't uh the that uh Miracle Workers Miracle Workers, that TBS show oh, with Daniel yes. Radcliffe. I didn't see Another it. TBS show that I have <laughs> always wanted to watch and never yep, did. TBS. <laughs> yeah, I uh, saw I saw trailers and I was like, that looks interesting. We'll but it looks great. I love Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Um maybe that's what we'll do in quarantine, Lucas. We'll catch up on TBS. Shows. <laughs> no. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Well, cool. Yeah. All right. You ready to dive into spoilers? Yes. Let's Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No. Cracking gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. Okay. So going into this, I thought Allison Janney was the only one who was, um, was stealing money. Um, and so for me, I thought it was very interesting to see kind of the progression of what was happening there and his involvement. Um, it was a very slow reveal for me. And I don't know if this happened for everybody else. I feel like everybody else kind of probably saw it right off the bat. But for me, it was like, yeah, Allison Janney's the bad guy. <laughs> and he's going to be the nice guy trying to help fix this, <laughs> which feels dumb in hindsight. You know, so all, all I knew going into this movie what it is that it was about like, corruption and a student journalist uncovering that um so i didn't know exactly what the corruption was so in the beginning of the movie when it's revealed that like allison janney (laughs) allison janney (laughs) is embezzling a lot of money from the school and we get that scene where hugh jackman's character lays out to the school board like how they're going to cover it up you know um i thought okay this is the corruption. Exactly. She's stolen money and he is going to lie about yep. it and that's going to bite him in that. Exactly. You know? That's what I thought. And and I thought it was going to be about him like bumbling to try to hide this mm-hmm. scandal. And it is the reveal when um, the student reporter shows up to the New York apartment. Yeah. It's a, it reveals so much all at once yep. and you really have to soak in all so much new, more new information about the plot in a really, I think a very gentle and touching way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so you realize like, okay, he's embezzling money as well. Um, which also makes the the post-it note that Allison Janney writes to him saying, I'm not the only sociopath yeah. here, m- makes a lot more sense in that context. And the phone call um, that they make and don't say anything, like, there's a couple things yes. that's just like, yeah, yeah, it all starts to come together. Which, at the beginning, you think, like, oh, he's just, like, disappointed in right. her, or she's, like, you're a sociopath for, like, you know, betraying me, yeah. um, and... To, to find out that and and I it's never revealed or explained, but like you do think and wonder like, okay, how much did each of them know you know right. like about the other's behavior? Yeah, like obviously they both knew mm-hmm. that it was going on. or at least she knew both of it was going on because she was the business manager. Yeah. And, like, was he first? And then so she started doing it also because he was doing it? You know, like, 
Who was the first person to start yeah. embezzling money? So it sounds and like when when they're when he's talking to Ray Romano like on the football field, it sounds like they were yeah. out to out at lunch together when he forgot right. to reimburse the the money. So it sounds like they started together. Like it just started very small at the same time for both of them. Um hmm. which I did love that reveal of just like it snowballed. Like it just like you start out small and nobody's paying attention and so you just don't do anything. Yeah. So Yeah, I do think uh, the way the story so, was told so the, is quite beautiful. Me too. And so like then so we not only do we find out that he's also embezzling money, but that he has this like long time partner. Yeah. And, and this is after we've had the reveal that because at this point in time, he keeps talking about like his wife and she just passed and everything like that. And then we find out that she passed 35 years ago and that he's um, wh- wh- when do we find out that she passed a long time ago? Well, she I think at the beginning, there's this there's this old wedding photo and she and it's like a young woman, but it's like an old photo. So like, and then when he, when the woman hits on yeah. him at the book club and he says like, it sometimes feels like it just happened. Yeah. I kind of took that to mean like it happened a long time ago, but I'm still using it as a grief, as an excuse to not yeah. like date anymore. Got it. In um, my head, I was thinking that it was recent <laughs> until we find yeah. out that it's not. And then, and then when he tells Alice and Janney about it and she's like, Oh, she's not your type. I was like, Oh, he must be gay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't remember if, if we found out that he was know. gay before we found out how long his wife had been. Yeah. There. I mean, it, we never, there's never really a number placed on yeah. it. I don't think. Um, and then, so then he goes to Vegas, he meets the young guy, which before you know everything about him is a very like bittersweet scene yeah you know yeah of just an old student like, like reconnecting like and it's also like you know he's hitting on this guy who used to be his student and so like there's this sad kind of creepy element of like you know mm-hmm. having sex with someone who used to be your student and at the same time you're also like i mean but this guy's clearly like in his 20s like he's fully an adult yeah. he's not you know like yeah He's not like a 19-year-old. He's like fully an adult and and I don't love this relationship dynamic, but you know, like <laughs> yeah. it, it I'm not upset by right, it, you know? Right. And especially if you're if you're thinking in the context of the early 2000s. Yeah. And this man is in the closet because he works in Long Island as a school administrator and like and you're, and in, in that part of the movie, you're like, what a lonely existence, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and you feel for this character that you've been, that you've spent all this time with. And then to have the reveal that like, he's not leading a lonely existence, <laughs> yeah. that he has a partner of decades, a decades long committed partner. That's what it was. Know? That's that's where they were saying like they've been together for like 30 years or something like that. That's that's yes. when I was like, "Oh, yeah. wait, his wife hasn't died recently." No. Yeah. <laughs> so. And like that reveal to see him in that domis- in that domestic setting. In a million dollar loft in Manhattan. <laughs> and, yes. Yes. And you're like, "Oh no. Yeah. This guy is cheating he's stealing he's you know yeah he's one of them yep and then so that i thought 
that twist, I mean, that is the big twist of the movie, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then to have slowly for the second half of the film, more and more just come out about the way he embezzled and how much and what, in what, and what for, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the scene where he's confronted about flying his yeah. like <laughs> young lover to Paris yeah. is really, really good. Cause that's the first time we get to see him full out be vicious towards someone. Mm -hmm. Um, the charm slips, you yeah. know? And I think that's a really powerful scene. And I love comparing that scene to when he's like vaguely threatening the reporter, you know? Right. At the, at, towards the end, he sits with her outside and he's kind of, and it's this mixture of his faux concerned charm front that he's so good at doing mm -hmm. with his viciousness and his threatening, like, scent nature and to compare him in full-on threatening mode versus faux charming threatening mode i think was also great a great choice to show that like he can swim in both waters you know yeah and people are more comfortable with him doing that even though even when they see him slip even when they see him kind of have that um Sorry, lots of sirens. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, even when they see him slip, even when they see him kind of get into that more harsh mode, people are much more willing to just be go along with it and be like, you know, it's fine. You know, it's fine. He's very controlling yeah. in that way. Yeah. I was also really, really moved by the one of the finale scenes when he is, when he flies to Vegas and is dancing in that like, kind of sad empty yeah like gay nightclub and i i did love um, that the other ending scene with him where he's just like he knows he's about to get arrested and so he just kind of tells him like like you have potential and you can do so much better and like like he cares yeah. about this guy and he really wants to like 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 he is he is being a good kind of administrator in that situation of just being like he wants the best for him and he wants him to um, to pursue his dreams and continue on with his life and everything. And yeah. it's a, it, it's a really good, this whole movie is a really good mix of showing the humanity of people while also showing how there are consequences for doing the right thing. And it's a lot of times much easier just to slide into the path of yeah. this resistance. So, yeah. And then the reveals at the end during like the cop or the detective, like interviews mm -hmm. with people you know yeah. to find out that like basically all of her homes were purchased using school funds yeah. you know what i mean like it wasn't even just it wasn't just toys and you know it was like cars right. and homes <laughs> and like Ugh. that he that um hugh jackman's character had purchased that home in vegas that the guy mm -hmm. was living in yeah like so many level like it's I can't imagine stealing that much money. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was talking about this afterwards of just like, I can't imagine like thinking you can get away with that. Like, like it's so right. much money. It's so much money. Yes. And it ended up being what? Like $11 million that they stole from the school. Um, yeah. And that's, and obviously like I get the escalation of, you know, it starts with dinner and a, you know, and a bagel and like all of this stuff. But at what point does it escalate? <laughs> At what point do you buy a house? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's so sociopathic. Like, and they keep saying that. But it's just, like, right. it is truly um, something that I feel like most people just wouldn't believe, which is why you go along with it. Like, I feel like that's why the like the board and the the accountant and everybody are just kind of like I don't know we just believed you because we thought that made sense you know <laughs> yeah but the movie does do a good job of showing that like the board is not innocent in this exactly yeah because yeah this is all based on their greed about their property values mm-hmm. yep Again, coming and back that, to the like, how much does it cost to do the right thing? Like you, right. <laughs> you will lose something if you turn him in, and so this is yeah, this is how he how he has you. Yeah, and it's also I think I don't remember exactly what the dialogue was, but I think there's a scene in which Frank Hugh Jackman's character points out that like I think the people on the board may, tend to make a lot more money than the school administrators do. You oh know? yeah. The whole board is um, all millionaires. Like it's a it's it's a right. rich club. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where it's like you I'm making y'all money by invest by raising your property values, which are way higher than probably what I'm even making as a salary, you know? Yeah. And how you feel this like you're owed something in return. And also how this isn't a good excuse, but how Hugh Jackman was I've got to, like, keep up appearances. I've got to look like I fit in with the people that have these million-dollar homes on the board, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, I have to be one of them. And how, like, that's how you justify it in your head. Well, to be surrounded by that wealth and not be a part of it and feel like like he has that conversation with the mom of the kid who's trying to get into all of these programs. And and of just, like, you treat me like I work for you. And Yeah how hard like how how difficult that must be to to go in every day and feel like you're a servant to these people and yet you want to be yeah. them so much like that's what he wants is he wants yeah. that life i w- i'm i really want to recommend this movie to my mom cuz my parents have worked in education their entire careers yeah. and i'm i'm interested in what she thinks of it from a educator standpoint yeah i exact same my (laughs) my dad's been in education you know my entire life and i I am very very curious to see kind of what what their viewpoint on it would be yeah and specifically i think the interesting dynamic is not just because these aren't this isn't a movie about real teachers even though maybe they had taught in the classroom at some point this is a movie about superintendents and like administration on a school district level not even on a campus level um which is why there was a few shots of like you know when he's walking in and it's the day that the story Mm -hmm. has been published and all the students are staring at him that doesn't really make a lot of sense because most superintendent's offices are not on high school campuses right right like yeah. they're separate, and so it's like what, he wouldn't need to walk through a high school <laughs> to get to his office. It's a but good whatever, shot, Sandra. I get the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but my dad has worked in like a superintendent's like office. Like he's worked as a part of like district wide administration, and so I think they'll have like an interesting perspective on the type of person that like works in that on that level, you know, and superintendents are you know they're hired and fired by the school board and it does take a certain type of like charisma 
to feel that position, Mm -hmm. to get hired in that position and to be the face of the school district. Um, And there are really good ones and there are really bad ones. And like my parents have had to, you know, like work with all sorts. And so it's a fascinating, fascinating ecosystem. (laughs) I guess just because you have like the whole time, like you don't see much of the school itself. Like you see him in some classrooms and like talking to students outside and stuff like that. But like, what is the dynamic of the school? We don't really get to see all that much, but we know it's a rich school. Um, and we keep seeing these shots of the building falling apart, basically, you know, like water dripping yeah. from the ceiling and like old copy machines and like just stuff that you're just like, this money could be going to help with the school. And we're just all yeah. kind of ignoring that the school's falling apart here. Um, yeah. And then and they're spending the money on a sky bridge and like all of this stuff that it's right. like, this is for vi- the visuals. This is for what other people think of us. And we're not taking care of the actual um needs here the 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 hard part of that is and of course like i'm not justifying their actions (laughs) yeah but it's also it's one of those things where it's like but according to the you know tone of this movie i don't know in real life or like what this you know but the students it was a successful school you know right as far as like college admissions and like test scores and all those things so it was you it's hard to make the argument again only in this story um that like the students were being harmed by this theft because they were doing really well you know so it's one thing to like yeah it's like if if the, if the students were performing badly and you're stealing all this money then it feels so different you know yeah and that's that's the way it gets justified it's a good movie. <laughs> it really, I really is. enjoyed it. I, I just and it wasn't as stressful to me as I get stressed out by also like financial crimes yeah. that are not like heists, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like Hustlers was very stressful for me. It was very good, but very stressful. Yeah. And this movie, thankfully, I my stress did not it wasn't very stressful because we weren't watching someone steal. We were watching someone be uncovered, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I really liked it, and I'm going to be recommending it to people. Me too. Same. All right. Um, well, I think that about wraps it up for us. Sandra, where can we find you everywhere? You can find me on all social media platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. We'll talk to you Bye-bye. later. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye, Nick. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people.